<laughs> Let's hope so. All right. My name's Demi. And I'm Melissa. And I'm Katie back again. Yes. <laughs> And this is the Beauty this Beast Podcast. This is the Beauty Beast I'm done. I'm so good. Ah! This is our third time. Melissa is really this. spiraling right now because we have some tef- technical difficulties going on. So we're getting little, through. We're yeah, getting through. We got it, though. Oh, my gosh. Most importantly, we're talking about now it's time to set up your business, right? So we're going to go over all the things that we kind of started the chat with the last time we were together talking. Yes. Um, and now it's time that you want to do it. You want to jump into it. And so we're talking about the tools of how to do that and how to get started. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Melissa's just watching very carefully the computer screen to make sure there is yes. no sign of any difficulties again. My type A OCD right? is kind of spiraling right now. <laughs> So, Katie, tell us what would you say is your first and number one thing when it comes to setting up a business that you recommend? So um, for people looking to set up a business and get um, their feet into the entrepreneurial world, I would certainly recommend doing their research into the market they are looking to go into, really hone in what the products and services they are going to be offering, and seeing how they can do it better and less expensive than the competitors around them. So doing that groundwork first will really help you see if what you're about to pursue and invest your time and money in is really worth it to you. And then kind of figuring out the structure and um, the kind of entity that works best for that. Yeah, for sure. And this is like, you could use this again, third time saying it, but the first time for our (laughs) listeners. (laughs) Um, Like if you're happy in your salon and you might be an independent contractor, you can also take these steps and channel your money Mm -hmm. through there. We decided that funneling the money (laughs) is not the proper wording because it always makes it sound sketchy. But, you know, passing through. Yes. Mm -hmm. Passing through, channeling your money, filter. No, filtering. That sounds like a fish tank. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's, that's, it's that's... all a means of protection. Right, for th- exactly. So just like a W-2, um, how labor laws, those things exist to protect the worker. Um, an LLC exists to protect a contractor. Right. So right. it keeps your liability separate. It keeps your money separate. And it just allows you to operate in a more advantageous way than if you are just going in as a sole proprietor. Right. All right, so now next step, we have figured out what we want our business to be. We know probably the name too, right? So we've done the name search. We've done that online. Yes, have Um, to do the name search. Make sure it's available. Yes, so that's another thing that before we even get into the S-Corp or the LLC option, that is a very important conversation Mm because I could love the name Platin Pinned as much as I want, but if I search it and I see that somebody else has it, Mm -hmm. then that one's off the table because that that name's already owned by somebody else. Exactly. Um, but we found the name, so now we're going to the next steps. How do we decide if an S-Corp or an LLC is going to be the better fit for us? Yeah, so um, the thing with S-Corps and LLC is, I know the last time I was here we discussed oxymorons and how mm-hmm. you can't have a 1099 um employee. employee, but you can have an LLC S-Corp. So 
An LLC is a tax entity type. So you have LLCs, you have sole proprietors, you have single member LLCs and multi-member LLCs, which is also known as a partnership, and you can have a corporation. And any of those business entities can be S-corp elected to be treated in a way that um, passes the income through to you on the individual level. So um, I would always recommend with starting with an LLC, um, just because that's kind of the most basic entity you can start with, and you can build it up from there. So I would start with the LLC, and um, I would recommend S-Corp election once you see you're bringing in about twenty to $30,000 of net income per year, because that is when you're going to get into a zone where the tax savings from S-Corp election are going to be more beneficial than um, paying the self-employment tax than you would get. But if you're not really in that net income area, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to cover the payroll taxes that S-Corp right. election right. does require you to um, follow through with. So um, a lot of professionals will have their clients kind of jump into being an S-Corp right away, just pushing the tax savings just mm-hmm. being like oh you know we don't have to pay this fif- this 15.3 percent anymore it's all just going to pass through but that is at the uh, behest of an owner salary happening so right. that's the zone I look for with my clients that 20 to 30k in net income when it comes to S corp election but um, when it comes to starting I think everybody fits well in um, an LLC If they're a single person, that just is going to be treated the same way, like a Schedule C on their Mm -hmm. individual tax return. If it's multiple people, that just turns into a partnership, and that is a separate tax return. So working with a professional to create this business entity with you will help you walk through all of the now new steps you're going to have to take as a business. Um, Having a professional to have your back in that way will save you so much time and so much headaches. Right. Like I remember when I, because I had worked full time for about a year and a half doing nails before I went out on my own. And even before that, when I was a quote unquote 1099 employee is when I started looking at like setting up my own business entity and like getting paid, you know, like the employer paid the business and then I paid myself Mm -hmm. and did payroll taxes because I started out as an S-corp because, again, I talked to my accountant and that was what was best for me at the time. Um, So, I mean, I didn't know what to set up. Like, I would have never known any of that on my own. Like, even half of what you said, like, knowing the steps and, like, everything that I did to set up my business, I was still like, wait, what? Did I do that? I'm like, I guess I did, or my my accountant did. Yes, they definitely (laughs) did. And I think that that, like, kind of goes right back to what is so important about having a really good relationship with an accountant that you trust, Mm -hmm. because it's really not just about getting your taxes done. And It probably feels like that's all an accountant maybe had existed in your life previous to setting up your own Mm -hmm. business. Like you see them at tax season and then that's it. Right. But I think even with what you're talking about, with making that decision about the S Corp with your Mm -hmm. accountant and you talking about how you talk with your clients about starting off as an LLC 
on most cases mm -hmm. and transitioning into that S Corp change in title um, as you go through, you want to find an accountant that really does understand what your plans and right. your business plan is. Exactly. You want somebody that understands like your goals and where you project your sales to be and also can see your capability. And I think this ties in more into the beauty world than maybe some other avenues, but I think maybe everywhere. If uh, in our industry for a long time, and this doesn't mean like I'm trying to be like, we are rich, but yeah. <laughs> I think for a long time in our industry, people didn't really understand the type of income we are making. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't mean that we're making a shit ton of money. It's just, we're not like you're not making Beauty school 15, dropouts. Well, like, you're not you know, making like, $15 an hour. Right. It's right. a legitimate income and it's Absolutely. a great income for a lot of people. Always and usually when mm -hmm. people are usually taking the jump to go into their own employment, it's because they've seen they can do it on their own. So you want somebody who's going to understand the way you talk about like even pricing structure or talk about the type of money you're bringing in, what your services are, understanding why you charge your service totals. Like I do think you have to have a relationship with your accountant yes. that they understand your business model because it's not yeah. just mm -hmm. about the numbers at the end of the day. They have to understand... I mean, it is, I'm sure, for you. Yeah, the numbers, that's, a, that's but an meaning, aspect. Like, I, I think with what you're saying, with starting one way and then, you know, watching and seeing where their growth comes from and then recommending that, that's what you really need from an accountant yes. when you're wanting to open your own business. Yeah. Well, and, like, I know with my accountant, when I, when I had told her that I was leaving education to do nails full-time, like, she literally looked at me and was like, you're insane. And I'm like, okay, you know, like, yeah, I'm gonna do I'm the it. Opposite. I'd be like, yes, <laughs> yeah. So, but then at the time, I wasn't thinking of ever like really doing my own thing, and that kind of evolved as you know time went on. So that when we did start my business, like she looked at my books and was like, I was wrong. You're not insane, like that. Because I mean, you think of somebody doing hair or doing nails, and I don't think that like what you were saying Demi like people don't no, see yeah. it as like it's almost like a like default. a lucrative well like, like not anymore but for a long time I think especially maybe the older generation it was like it was a backup yes like that's what I mean and it that's wasn't not how it is anymore yeah, yeah. so you're it talking was a safety net right yeah and so then look at you now that's right mm-hmm yeah, and con you know, conventionally in the past, kind of account accounting and meeting with your accountant has been treated kind of like as a past storytelling experience. You're coming to me, and then you're going to tell me how your past year went, and I need to translate that into a tax return for you. Mm -hmm. um, now that works, but the problem with that is, is we now have no chance to go back and do anything better. Everything's right. already been set in stone, and I can only interpret for you what happened in the past year means. Where I prefer to come with my clients and where I have most of mine now is with periodic um, monthly or quarterly check-ins just to keep an eye on how the profit is progressing, making sure um, you know reasonable salary um, limitations are being met, making sure sales tax is being met, all those, those little things along the way that can really bite someone in the butt 
if they're not taken care of in time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the touch I like to have on my clients because it really just makes them feel so much more informed and so much clearer on what their business is actually doing. Because you can look in your bank account and see a balance, but that doesn't truly reflect what is actually going on in your business. So, um, you know, working with an accountant can just help you, you know, like you said, hone in on your prices. Mm-hmm. Am I charging the right amount? You know, I'm. Mm-hmm. you can see the trends of you burning the candle out and you're working so hard, but the income you're not bringing, you're, the income you're bringing in is not right. working, right. Up, living up to your expectations. So there's something, there's something that needs to be done. So um, accounting professional can help you take a look on into the insides of your business and work out. And I also think another thing, too, is the the conversation of what are your business expenses, right? So I think when you don't own a business yet, there is this, like, um, fairyland that people (laughs) think exists where you just write off everything. Yes. Like, because, like... We go out to lunch and I tell Melissa how my work day is. I think some people are like, oh, she could put that on her business credit card now and it's a write-off. Like, But you do not want to do that either because if you're just writing off till the cows come home for expenses that really aren't your business expenses and your accountant's willing to do that, which I'm not bashing an accountant for doing what their client's asking, but it really does not help you structure your business no. well because – you want to have a legitimate income mm-hmm. because that's what's going to qualify you to get a mortgage if you want to get a mortgage, exactly. you know, grow and, and evolve yourself and your own personal life. And at the same time, in order to know how your business is running, you need your true expenses, not yep. what you want your expenses to be so you pay less in taxes. What is truthfully an expense for your business? Because that's what's going to help you figure out what you can take as a profit at the end of the day. So if somebody's just like, yeah, we can write off all those clothes that you bought, girl. Yeah, those Mm -hmm. shoes, you wear them to work every so often. Those two, like, you know, like you don't want to get into that existence either, because then you're going to look back and trust me, it's happened What before I properly set up myself, you know, um, and, and open my studio, mm-hmm. I remember, like, I always just thought, like, well, I don't want to pay a lot in taxes, so whatever we can expense out, let's do it, right? right. Well, once you start to really s- open your own business and want to legitimize your income and all of those things, you realize that that does a lot of damage, and you're going to have to then be on, like, cleanup crew for yep. the next few years. Yeah. It's true. Yes. And to, to tie that back into the business entity conversation that we're having, um, the expenses that you can deduct, whether you're um, filing a Schedule C or whether you're filing an 1120S tax return as a sole, as a S Corp. So that's mm-hmm. the difference in that how that would be handled. Um, you can deduct all the same spe- expenses. Nothing right. is different. And that's that's a common question I hear from a lot of people making that transition of, oh, well, I'm going from an LLC to an S Corp now. What what can I deduct more now? And I'm like, nothing. It's it's the exact right. same it's thing. Same, yeah. <laughs> it's the exact same thing. So what I um, move to when I am working with my S Corp owners when we move from that, because before then you're just taking owner's draws. You're mm-hmm. just taking straight cash from your business there's no tax being taken out on that and essentially what you're what a lot of business owners don't know when they're doing that you're taking your profit away Mm -hmm. you're taking the money that 
is on your bottom line at the end of the year that you are going to pay tax on anyway. Mm -hmm. So these personal expenses, like you talk about over deducting, these personal expenses that you're taking from your business aren't doing anything but decreasing your company's earnings right. and making your company look like you can't hold money and less valuable exactly which is a definitely so that's a very important that you brought too. up yeah yeah and it and it's an important conversation so you know for me and and now well for both of us in different mm -hmm. avenues we're starting to acquire more things within our business right yep. so each of us have multiple things moving and going on for, I'll use the example of the salon. There could be a chapter or a time in our lives where, you know, your girl's tired and I'm finally <laughs> like, okay, like what's our next step? And I'm not saying this is real. I'm just giving you a hypothetical situation of if we want to sell the salon and we want to present it for the value that it is, but I've written off expenses that really aren't expenses. Well, now somebody coming in who's wanting to purchase this business is going to look at what the business is showing as a profit and how much success is it going to offer them, right? Exactly. So now you have hurt yourself in the long run by trying to duck or dodge, you know, exactly. a little extra year. Yep, exactly. And, you know, I have... Um, clients who will come to me and they'll say things to me like I'm buying a house this year I need to show income or you know for whatever qualification they need to get they need to show a certain amount of income and you know these are also clients who are not working with me to organize all year. Right. So then it becomes mm -hmm. what I call the pretend tax return. I, I'm making something up and for you that doesn't do you any service as a business owner mm -mm. because it really doesn't show you you could be going in such a dangerous direction mm -hmm. and not even know it because you have just been creating tax returns based on what you want to pay tax on right so it really doesn't give you a good idea on your operational efficiency it doesn't give you an idea on any scaling opportunities or um, things that really are screaming out for help in your business. So I always, you know, um, when I get clients who are coming to me working that way, I always try to move them in a way of touch base with me at least a quarter, once mm -hmm. a quarter. Mm -hmm. Let's spend an hour together just getting this organized, talking about it so we have an accurate picture. Right. And if that accurate picture is not where you want to be, then we have goals to set. Right. right. Then we have tangible things we can work toward. But we can't do that until we know what's actually going on. Yeah. And I also think it's super important that when you're first starting a business, I always recommend to all the girls, honestly, quarterly. Um, I don't recommend yearly when, when mm -hmm. they're first starting out. I say monthly is probably a little too intense um, unless you progress to that point yeah, like if you're now, earning at that yeah, level yeah we're, we're now at a monthly point with our accountant and we started off quarterly and then we started to realize you know what now we're sitting in the wheelhouse where it's actually it 
with the loss of time, when you could be productive within your business, you start to realize that that time has a value, right? So a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to spend on an accountant quarterly or monthly because I don't have the money to do so. Here's the mistake. How long are you spending when you build up all of the stuff that has to get done in that one sitting once a year or something like that? How much work are you doing in preparation to meet with your accountant? You're trying to do the cleanup on your QuickBooks and Mm -hmm. do the things that you should have done all year long that's lost money you could be doing productive things for your company but you're doing this because you didn't spend well I think spending quarterly on an accountant is almost like in my opinion I don't know if you agree like almost like a must do yeah yeah oh for sure because I think if you head into something that let's be honest when we all first started our businesses we had no idea what the hell we were doing Mm -hmm. like we want to pretend fake it till you make it right but we didn't so then to be like thank you so much for all this info I'll see you in 365 days yeah, that's and a lot of days. Yeah, to not have to the fuck insight. it up all again, right? <laughs> to do the same right. thing the next year, I I see it all the time. Right, so I I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, and I I do think like that. Even if it means that you're not seeing huge numbers to begin with, you're starting from the beginning, making sure you're set up properly. And I yep. think that's the world of difference for sure. Oh, for sure. Well, that's yeah. why you pay your accountants. Right, yeah. and I also think with that being said, like your accountant can give you advice, but they can't force you to take it. And so that's the other thing that drives me crazy sometimes because then when shit hits the fan or if somebody gets, you know... Um, a letter. Right, yeah. <laughs> Scary letter. Yeah. Then it's like, well, I, I talked about this with my accountant, oh, but yeah. did you? Because yeah. I think a lot of people selectively hear their accountants because they don't want to hear the hard, you know, things oh, yeah. of like, you owe or this or that. They they just want to hear the part of like, what am I getting back yeah. or how little do I owe? Yeah. So all the other stuff turns into... Well, it was funny when I recently talked to my accountants and it, they're like a mother and son and they've been my family friends for like ever or whatever. They were at my high school graduation. But I, w- I had a question to ask them and they were both on the phone and, like, they were arguing an accountant. Like, I had <laughs> no idea what they were saying. And, like, I think at one point Evan's like, did they even answer your question yet? I'm like, no, they're still arguing an accountant. I have no idea. Yeah. And then yeah. they just, like, came back to me and they're like, okay, you need to do this. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, we work it out. okay so like, you, you guys no are going to. Right? <laughs> yeah, we, we like to bounce things off of each other. Um, a saying that I've picked up from a coach that I have is that I care so much, but I cannot care more than you care. So that is Mm -hmm. always the attitude I have with my business owners of I care so much and I will answer all of your questions and be here to help you with whatever you need. But if I don't get your commitment back in um, doing the things that I need you to do to get us there, our relationship is not going to work because Mm -hmm. I don't have a crystal ball. Right. I need you to answer certain things. I need you to provide certain documents because, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, I think a lot of people also think that when the tax preparer signs off on their tax return, that that means that person is responsible for the tax return. But that's not the case at all. Yeah. It's the owner's um, burden to mm-hmm. support anything mm-hmm. that is reported on that tax return. And um, unless you have an agreement with your accountant, accountants typically are not auditing your returns 
It's the information that you're giving them. Um, you can have peace of mind. It's super clean and correct if you've been working with a professional to mm -hmm. reconcile your books all year. But if you are just giving them your own information, you're not investing in that help, um, that's a pretty gray area and you could be opening yourself up to some risk. For yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, I think when we first switched over to the accountant we have now, one of, like, I was just asking questions because we kind of were redoing things that we had been doing differently. And um, I was asking him just about certain write-offs and he's like, I can write off anything. I can do anything you want me to do as far as that's concerned, <laughs> but I'm not the one that has to be responding to it if they ask me for the legitimacy. And I'm not the one that's going to be, you know, dealing with the IRS if shit blows up. Exactly. And maybe it's a hard pill to swallow or a hard thing to hear. And I think for some people, their pride could get in the way of saying like, well, they're my accountant. They should be able to blah, blah, blah they're only as good as the numbers they get. Yeah, so if exactly. you are trying to be deceiving or if you aren't coming forth with organization, then how can you hold that other person to the expectation to clean up the things you're kind of doing messy within your own business, exactly. right? So I think that's where it's like really important. And for me, number one focus, if you're going to start from the beginning, start the right way. Have that be something that you're budgeting in to starting yep. your business, knowing that you're going to have that quarterly accounting meeting, knowing that that's going to be something that's going to be on your quarterly expenses. Add it in immediately. If you already have an accountant you deal with that you're going to lean into continuing past, you know, once you're starting mm -hmm. to do your S Corp or your LLC, then start those conversations. What's my quarterly expense with you going to be? Can we start to schedule that out now? Even if it helps you, like pick the day, have it scheduled that far in advance. So then you, if you think of questions you can ask, then you have that opportunity every quarter to ask those questions. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, that's an integral part of creating your business entity is creating the right team around you. Mm -hmm, um, for sure. The business owner cannot do everything. I know they think they can. And, you know, a lot of people, they hear a lot of these stories about people coming up out of the dirt all on their own. But nine times out of 10, that person had a team of professionals also working behind them to help them. So whether that is a legal professional, whether that is financial accounting professional or an operational professional to come in, you need managers. Um, those are going to be costs you may have to front in the beginning, mm -hmm. but it is for the long-term sustainable health of your business. So I'd agree. I think an accountant would definitely be part of those those costs. Yeah. Absolutely. So I know we kind of like sidetracked and we got all, we all Passionate got on about our accounting. soapboxes. Yes. <laughs> we'll step back down now. All right. So we have, we figured out what we want to do. Yes. We have a business name. Mm -hmm. We have our structure. We have a structure. Mm -hmm. So then what's next? So after you have your structure, um, so you're going to want to take care of all the registrations with your state and your local agencies, if that is um, necessary for your industry. Um, you're going to want to draft your articles. Um, so that basically just states how you and any other members of the company are going to be performing in this business, just basically like a contract with you and all your, your shareholders. Um, you will obtain your um, employer identification number from the IRS 
and you will apply for any licenses or insurances you will need. So this is kind of the stage where now you're getting ready to be in compliance as a business owner. So you'll have your entity, which will protect you legally. You'll have your EIN, which will now allow you to report to the IRS. Mm -hmm. And you will have all the necessary protective items to start rolling. Right. And that can vary like state by state. I know like we've both set up or the, probably the three of us set up business within Florida, yeah. which is also important. And another reason why you should find like an accountant that's familiar like with your particular state, because yes. there's 50 different ways yeah, <laughs> that are could, required to do this. So yeah, you could ask somebody a question that's an accountant in Connecticut, for instance, and they're going to be like, well, this is how it's done here, but yeah. there may be small little differences Yes, exactly. And I do work with clients all over the country in Mm -hmm. different states. But when it comes to business formation, um, state of Florida, I can handle all day. But when it's other states, I will always get the second opinion of a local professional in that state to make sure everything is being handled fully the way it should be. Because, you know, I'm I cannot be up on all 51 Right. Yeah, I feel like that's, States taxes, that's fair enough. Stuff. Right. And, like. and, and the registration requirements, it's just it's yeah. impossible. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm sure if you told somebody in Connecticut, like, oh, you got to go register your business name on SunBiz, they'd be like, what the fuck is SunBiz? Yeah, they, they'd be like, what is that? So as far as um, once the business is set up, I can help anybody in the country um, right. as far as reporting it and organization. That That is standard throughout Um, any state you're in but once it comes to the formation I always just will verify with a local source right see and that's when an accountant comes in handy because you were talking about all those things and I'm like I don't remember doing any of that I think my accountant did it like we typically will (laughs) yeah whenever I have packages where it's like a nose to tail where I start you and I just keep you going right like I don't remember. I remember getting the paperwork with my EIN number and they were like, yeah, just scan it and send it over to us. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember whenever I go on like the SunBiz like website, it's like going on the DMV website. Like, oh, it's it's the worst. It's so archaic. Yeah. I'm also not tech savvy either. So there's just like a lot of like, words that you're like I don't even know what thing to press on here you're like I'm just trying to because there's like I'll probably butcher this but there's like a renewal that comes within SunBiz yep, yearly the annual report yes and so that usually comes right around like January February timing right the email as, will come then right, it's due by your, May as your reminder see and I hate that like Remind me in, like, March if it's due in May. So here, Melissa's going to laugh because last episode we were talking about how I am, like, if Melissa reminds me of something in June, I won't do it till, yeah. you know, we talk about Deb's cookies. Debbie, who Deb's then cookies. followed up with me to yeah. make sure I was putting uh-huh. in my order after. Um, but with that one thing, maybe because it just seems like such a foreign thing that I have no understanding of, they get me every single time I renew in January. Do like, you panicked. really? Yes, because I'm like, if I don't renew in January, like, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Oh, like, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it is, because if you um, just renew it, all you have to do is pay your annual renewal fee if you're 
paying it on time. But if you're paying late, you get hit with another like three hundred dollars. No, I it's think. something stupid. It's like four hundred, yeah. yeah, like a four hundred and fifty dollar late fee. Yeah, yeah. like I rarely see it because I'm on top of my clients. But <laughs> yeah. when other, I will see sometimes other people. Like whenever I'm getting a new client, I always check the Sunbiz. Yeah, and yeah. if they're not you know, renewed for the year, I have to break the bad news. But that is something that people forget about commonly. And um, knowing what your reoccurring responsibilities are as mm-hmm. a business owner is definitely yeah. something you should stay on top of. Yeah. And as you acquire more, there is more of that. And that just goes back to the same thing of saying, that's why you need somebody who understands all of those <laughs> things in your corner to help you, you know, remember that you need to Yeah, yeah. Because then the next step you roll into, once you have, you know, you're good to go, you're legal, you're protected, you're ready to start making money. The next step would kind of be is to plan how you're going to make that money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you going to collect payment before you work? Are you going to allow people to have terms? Um, Are you going to have to generate capital from outside sources? Are you making your own investment? Do you need a business loan? So those are the things you will start you can't um, apply for a business loan until you have a legit business right. entity. Mm-hmm. So those right. to be um, eligible for any SBA loans or any um, business bank loans, you need to get all your paperwork in order first. Yeah, yeah, and, and even funding. to mm-hmm. and even to open a business checking account, you yeah. have to have all of that information before yes. you can even walk into Chase and say, I need a business credit yep. card. You'll yes. need your EIN and yep. you'll need your articles I was going to say the EIN is like the first thing. When you walk in and you say, I want to set up a business checking, I don't even think they let you get past business. No. And they're like, do you have your EIN? <laughs> and if you don't, they'll be like, you can go on out. Like, yes. Have a nice day. And if it's something I can preach right now, for the love of God, please open business bank accounts. Yes. And please deposit your income into them and make your expenses from them because anything that is held in your personal accounts um, is going to be subject to your own personal liability. And anything right. in your business accounts mm-hmm. is going to be subject to the business liability. Mm-hmm. So you really want to ensure those two things stay separate because if you start to put any personal money in your business accounts – and holding it there, if something happens in your business, those funds now become right a part, know, of, a part of that. A part of the shit so storm. Yeah. I would highly, highly recommend once you have your business opened, immediately opening a bank account and getting used to working out of that. Right. The other thing, and again, I mean, this may be a case-by-case situation depending on how you each person does with their relationship with a credit card or credit and all of those things. Um, one advice that I will give that Julian and I definitely utilized and benefit from is we have a business credit card. Yeah. So when we set up our business account, we also took a business credit card out. Mm-hmm. So we use the business credit card for all business expenses. So rather than taking it out of our business account and using that debit card to swipe. If I do my color orders, if I have things that I need for the salon, if I do anything like that, all of that goes on the business credit card. Now at the same time, we also make sure it's paid off monthly. So it's working for itself. So now there's, depending on the um, 
credit card you go with, there's usually benefits. So you want to shop a credit card that has great benefits for your business and you can regain those points. So those points turn into cash. Just, I mean, it's the same yep. thing as an independent credit card or it turns into really whatever you would want it to be. Um, one of my clients was talking to me about it one time and she's in a different line of work with far more employees. So one year they used their business, cre business credit points that they gained from the whole year and that was able to pay for their benefits for all of their employees that's amazing so utilizing tools to like that, that um, yeah. is a really great trick and it also can be a great way to see if you're overspending Absolutely. so isolating your business expenses and spending them and watching that number go up seeing your business account go up as money is coming in but then also seeing your spending you sometimes can be like well wait a minute why is my spending almost equivalent to what I've made this week? Yeah. So yeah. I've made nothing. If yeah. you it, and that might be a better guide for you to see. I've got to I've got to slow my roll here. I'm going a little too crazy. Yeah. I don't need four nine GBs. I can do two or like <laughs> you know. Um, I think that. But for me, it was definitely a great way for us to to measure our business expenses as we were heading into things. Yeah. Same thing as when we did the build out. We utilized our credit card a lot. One thing I will say is once the bank sees that you're good with handling a credit card um, and they see that you're using it properly um, and they see you're spending they love to see that yep. oh, yeah. they will That's increase it. your your you know your line of credit and yeah. everything. And yeah. it's a great way to build business credit as well. Yeah. Right. And so getting that in the beginning helps legitimize your business in a different sense too. But like for us, as we grew and then our line of credit grew, we were able to utilize that a lot in the building out of our salon. So it took us a little while to pay down what we had incurred, of course. Um, but we were able to see it again so much clearer than maybe mm -hmm. if you're just like throwing money at a contractor here yeah. and then you're throwing money at floors over there and you're not able to kind of watch that number tick up so cleanly. Yeah. That's a hard break sometimes for people who are moving from being um, kind of a sole proprietor to a business too and separating the personal and the business expenses mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you know they're going from a, a life of living out of the same bank account and that's always how it's been done and even in the reporting it's you know they're just basically probably handling their account in a list of yeah. expenses um so once you move into business formation it's almost like a leveling up you're becoming more legit you have more responsibility so um that's a huge that can be a, a really huge mindset shift mm -hmm. for business owners in this is my personal life and now this is my business life mm -hmm. and I need to operate these separately um but you know at the end of the day we have to acknowledge that the person's business does exist to support them Right. And they should be taking as much money as they need to to live from right. that business. So what I would recommend is instead of going at it in a way of, well, I'm just going to swipe my card whenever I need something and hope that the money is there. Um, really look at your expenses. Look at your home expenses. Look at your personal expenses. Look at all the expenses that you require to live the quality of life that you want to have. Then look at your business and see if that is supported there mm -hmm. how much monthly do you have to take from your business to meet that amount if you're meeting it great 
fantastic. You're on the right track. If you're not, that's a good way to now. No, you need to make an adjustment. Exactly. To know you now need adjusting. So people who kind of do it in a crazy haphazard way will either find themselves making too much money Mm -hmm. and they haven't capitalized on, you know, some deduction opportunities that they may have or um, just other planning and saving opportunities or they're not making enough and they don't know why. And Mm -hmm. it's just because they're continuing this vicious cycle of charge, 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 pay what I can, charge, 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 pay what I can. Mm -hmm. So um, differentiating that and saying, you know, I need to figure out what's going on in my personal life to be supported by my business and how we can marry those things. Right. Right. For sure. Yeah. No, most definitely. I mean, there was times where we carried like a monthly, like we, we couldn't pay it off. Cause I mean, well, we've talked about it before. I, I built out the salon in the middle of COVID <laughs> by accident. Um, and then Julian got laid off in the middle of it. So we were planning on self-financing the whole build out. Well, of course, at that point, I was also not expecting to be out of work for eight weeks straight. And we were expecting Julian to continue to have an income on his side because our goal was to kind of just have Julian be able to cover all of our household expenses while we focused my income on the self-financing of growing our business. Mm -hmm. Well, that was going to put us in maybe like, in a lot of people's perspectives, a tight spot, but we knew it would work, right? Right. Well, it doesn't work if a pandemic's coming. (laughs) And so we did have to hold on to credit where normally we were used to just paying off that total on that credit card monthly. And I do recommend if you're not doing something big and you want to utilize your credit card like the way I was talking about, I do think it's kind of important that you would pay that off monthly or have a system of when you're paying it off so it doesn't get out of control. Right. But it was interest does add up for right. sure. But and it was difficult to see like a lump sum sitting in what we needed to tack down yeah. and and for a little while. But um you definitely need to have a plan. So yeah. while having a business credit card and getting that can be a great tool, it can also be a a bad thing if you don't step into it with the right mindset yeah well and like calculated risk well yeah yeah, and even even if you're not planning on like per se building out a salon like something that i know especially in like the nail world is major holidays equal major sales so a lot of my spending will come like Memorial Day in May, like a lot of companies do a lot of huge sales where I will stock up in May. Um, so yeah, I might spend, I don't know, like five, $600 in supplies because, or new colors or new things that I've wanted to try and get. And, you know, I mean, I always make sure to pay it off, but then same thing, like Black Friday comes another huge, like, companies will have like 40% off sales and you know that's big so I'll stock up again but then I won't have to buy again until that other period and sometimes you know what I might have a little bit of a balance because you know in May it's you know you're approaching summer so I don't want to pour like everything into paying off because you know you do have other business expenses so I'll send you know, I'll budget and say, okay, every week I'm going to send X amount of dollars to my business credit card until it's paid off. And then I know that I don't have to make big purchases like that again as well. Right. Because if the money you are putting to work elsewhere is 
going to give you a bigger return on your investment. Oh, for sure. Then carrying that credit, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, you know, consider the return on investment that you got from this salon build out. Right. That's going to cover, you know, you could l- look back on a historic um report of your interest charges from carrying the credit and be like, yeah. oh, pfft, yeah. that's nothing. That right. was so worth it. So yeah. that that's what right. that, and that's what um knowing your numbers and knowing your trends right. is gonna help you take advantage of that yeah. you can feel comfortable taking those risks and go, yeah. okay, I'm gonna f- put my money to work here, but um f- my future plan is that it's gonna cover the sacrifices I'm making here. Exactly. So yeah, that, that those are both really good examples of using your financial knowledge to your advantage. Oh yeah, because I I love to stock up. I love a bargain. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and I've already started making like a Black Friday list too, like of things that I see that I'm like I'm not willing to pay full price for it, but if they still have that at Black Friday, oh yeah, damn it, take my money. <laughs> but I think that that's even a good example. So you're an established business and you you're successful. You make a great income. You yeah. could buy it right now if you really want. Oh, a hundred percent. I think even hearing what you're saying and making those decisions of like, yeah, I want it, but I can wait and here's a part of my list. Those are also decisions that you need to yep. make. Like, Yeah, because you have a profit you're worried about. You have tax savings you're worried about. Yeah. You have paying yourself you're worried about. You have periods of hurricanes coming that might oh shut God. you down right. for a few days <laughs> yeah. that you're worried about. So, you know, it's the attitude isn't always if I got it, I got to spend it. Right. Like, mm-hmm. It's if I got it, what is this going to do for me? Yeah. Well, and then I also look at it, too. Like, there's certain, like, I don't want to say like programs or memberships, but I love Madam Glam products. Like this is not sponsored in any sort of way. I just really do love them. And I do like their monthly membership. It's $29 a month, but then that $29 converts back into like store credits. And it also gives me like 50% off of their website at any time that I want. Like I just invested in like their new LED lamps. Do I need new LED lamps? No, because quite honestly, I just bought some a couple of months ago, but I knew these were coming out and that they were the ones that I wanted. So I bought like cheaper ones to kind of hold me over. Those will go into my storage at my house in case I ever need them again. So I have them as a backup. Right. And I invested in like the nicer ones, but I still got them at like a really cheap price. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's awesome. So while Katie was trying to say, good job for budgeting, I'm like, now listen to the way I throw money around <laughs> and waste it. I get to enjoy the benefits of it, so I'm not going to complain. Katie's like, yay, listen, new lamps. Like, yeah, new lamps. <laughs> like, well, I wait. definitely have to get the Birkenstock clogs because those are the most comfortable footwear for me during the week while I'm behind Necessary. the chair. <laughs> See? Necessary. So, yeah, if you want to keep um, going down this list I have here. So now we're making money. We're making money and we're making smart decisions with it, hopefully. Um, So (laughs) the next step would be um, to maintain knowledge of your tax burden and your reoccurring responsibilities. So if you're collecting sales tax because you're selling products, um, that is either going to be due monthly or quarterly. So you need to fig- you need to make your registration with the state and get your reporting schedule and make sure you're meeting that. If you start to take payroll, you mm-hmm. need to start paying your payroll liabilities in at least monthly. Yep. Um, 
if you start to uptick in gross amounts, they will make you a weekly depositor, but all um, payroll starts off at monthly. And um, also your estimated taxes. So something a lot of business owners need to consider is each quarter, the IRS wants to see you making partial payments towards your tax liability for that year. And they want to see most of that, if not all or more, paid by January 31st of the next year. So, and if you're not, they will penalize you for that. So an example is, you know, 2022 ends, you're 100% or 110% of your tax liability is due by January 31st of that year. So December is a time mm-hmm. I'll start touching base with my clients, looking at their profit, looking at their um, tax liabilities last year, and I'll start shooting numbers at them. And I'll say, we need to make a $2,000 payment or we need to make a $10,000 payment um, just to meet that deadline and yeah. mitigate. Even if we don't know for sure, you know, um, I always will have my clients throw some money at the IRS so we can yeah. uh, mitigate mm-hmm. any penalties that might come from that. But um, yeah, it's not just as simple as you know starting a business and talking to your accountant once a year. Yeah, there right. are reoccurring um, liabilities you need to be on the lookout for, and and missing any of those can cause some real headaches for you. Oh, for sure. I think my biggest thing in like what I've learned too is like don't try to cut corners on things that you need corners on. Like, yeah, no, you need all the corners. And honestly, I think a lot of times and I I guess you'd feel it, too, whenever we have somebody who's like newly starting their business, Mm -hmm. they get the same face when they hear me and Melissa are like, oh, and this, oh, and that. Oh, and this, oh, and that, and this, and and before you know it, we have two, two, you know, hour each episodes, and we still could go on and talk for God knows how long. Right. But if you step into it and you do these things from the beginning, then it is pretty easy. Yeah. It's only hard if you're backtracking. Exactly. If you're trying to go back and undo the things you didn't do right the first time. If you're trying to not do the things on the timeline you should do them on, and then you're trying to come back and do them at the end of the the time i'm a big procrastinator but sometimes like as you mature you also self-reflect right yeah so a lot of my stress in my life was due to me just being a procrastinator Mm -hmm. so especially when it comes to like (laughs) your business if you do that then don't be trying to squawk to at least us here the three of us because it's not your accountant's fault it's your fault. It's a tough pill to swallow. But again, the corners that you tried to cut, they're needed. That's what holds up your, I guess, hypothetical house. Yeah. Your business house. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe some people may even like hide behind the fact it's like, well, my accountant doesn't reach out to me. I don't hear from them. I don't talk to them. And um, that would be where I urge the business owners. I would remind them that, you know, this is your business. If you have questions, if you have things you need to work on, that's your responsibility right. to contact that professional and request that service or um, talk, get consultation on that question. Because, you know, we've found ourselves in situations where, you know, clients didn't talk to us about certain things. They didn't tell us certain things. Things slipped through the cracks. And then once it hit the fan, then they were trying to come at us. Like, yeah. oh, well, I right. thought you were just supposed to do this for me or... No. Yeah. Exactly. So um, it's that kind of responsibility that, you know, 
I like to describe my relationship with my clients as a partnership, not necessarily, you know, I'm over you or you're over me. It's we're working in this together and we both have responsibilities to each other. Well, and it's important to remember too, like just like as beauty professionals, we have a multitude of clients. Your accountant probably has a book of clients that they're trying to keep track of, like the people who just come once a year for an individual tax return, somebody who is an S-corp, somebody who has three S-corps, you know, under their umbrella. So it's, you know, it's your business. You have to be like your own advocate. Like I know I have questions like coming up for my accountant, which I'm going to email after we are done recording (laughs) because I keep forgetting because it's also not until like another year from now, but like we just started running my car through my S-corp as something i i don't know they told me my, my business should be paying for my car and yeah. i'm like okay yeah no i totally can as right. the owner your business you right. are able so, to take a partial deduction on that for sure right so then now my question is like okay so when it's time to trade in my lease like does that whole thing run through my business too so i need to reach out for them like even though my lease i still have like a little like more than a year left on it like i need to know because okay, well, then now I need to be putting that money aside for when I, like, turn in my lease or whatever I'm going to do. I can answer this question for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, but oh, sorry. I keep keep kicking Demi. That's okay. (laughs) That's me. I'm, like, a fidgeter when I sit. Um, But, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's, like, when you are in a place of discomfort or if you feel like you don't know something, I would always rather someone come to me with something Mm -hmm. they think is a silly question or yeah because I'm just happy to talk to somebody honestly call my office we can just chit chat like I am not the accountant that it's like I hear a lot of stories about accountants bill you for an hour just because you asked one question oh yeah billing you because you know for the air you breathe or not even being able to get in touch with them and you know I have my my um channels of getting into contact with me um but ultimately I'm not a very hard person to get in contact with right um so yeah, just just answering, getting those questions answered right. makes you feel so much better than right, wondering I'm, if you're doing something wrong. Well, and right. I'm a planner, and like I said, you know, like for budgeting for you know when you trade in one lease and you get another, like I'm expecting to put something down. Like don't come at me like everyone negotiates. However, but you have to put something down. Like it's going to cost me some amount yeah. of money. And my business needs to budget for that, like, moving forward, because then, like I said, I also know, like, a couple times a year, I'm going to spend money when these sales hit and stock up on things. So I just personally like to know, you know. Yeah. I think that's important. I think that you're you're talking about important questions that need Mm -hmm. to be asked. Um, Yeah. I mean, especially, like, any time Julian's unsure if we make an investment into something or if we're wanting to expand our merchandise, the Mm -hmm. first thing that we will do is call our accountant and ask the questions that are important to ask because we could act like we know all day, but we don't. That's that's not our wheelhouse of something we do know, you know? Right. You have an idea and, you know. But Mm -hmm. it's not your accountant's job with that being said 
to come to you and fill those blanks in. Right. Um, they're not your VP of your company. They are your accountant, and you've hired them to do that job. That would be like somebody coming in, not pre-booking their appointment, and then getting mad at me that they have roots <laughs> from six months of grow out. Well, if you didn't call me for your highlight again. Right. 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 Like that's I I I am entertaining other clients too. So it's it's not yeah. my job to be honest to text somebody to be like, "Don't forget that you need a full foil." If I've already said right. I would recommend a full foil every 12 weeks and then you go home and you don't schedule that full foil, yeah, that's then on they you. won't be able to get into your books for probably another four to six weeks. And right. then it elongates so then if, what they want to get I, even more. And this hypothetical client, if they turned around and then was like, oh, what? Demi, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> all upset. That's not a part of my job title. And that's what I mean about accountants. Like, it's yeah. not a part of their job title to babysit you. It is right. not. They are giving you an abundance of information when you are sitting with the right accountant. Mm -hmm for you to follow through and do the right thing. Yes. Your choice to not be organized, your choice to not do that, you're hurting yourself and your business. You're not hurting your accountant. You're only hurting you yeah. because that you're the one that your name's on this business. And yep. that's what I think people have to remember. Like you are becoming self-employed. It's not that it's impossible. It's not that it's not, it's hard. Everything's hard though. Anything yeah. that you want is gonna be hard mm -hmm. that you have to work for. You just for. have to commit yourself. But it's a lot easier if you just do the things that people are advising you to do. If yeah. you act like you know better than what the people advising you are telling you, then why yeah. do you have them working for you in the first place? You yeah. Or when I just say the then fan, do it yourself if it's so easy. Don't point the finger at anybody else if you didn't listen to the people say what they said. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, when I have those situations, and they're rare, but you know how someone say something to me like, oh, well, this was pretty simple or, you know, this should be easy for you to do. I'm like, well, if it's so easy, why then you do it. Yeah. Why right. are you here? Right. <laughs> Why are you coming to me? Yeah. Mm. So yeah, it's just how it's um, a humbleness yes. to admit when you don't know something mm -hmm. that gets you to the next level because then you'll figure it out. You only will get the answers to your questions if you're asking them. Right. Yep. So yeah, you know, a relationship with an accountant can do so much good for a business owner, but really what it's at on the whole doing is improving your financial clarity. Mm -hmm. It's improving your efficiency because now you're handing something off to somebody that you no longer need to worry about. They'll yep. handle your data entry. They'll handle your reconciliation. They'll just tell you the stories each quarter of what's happening. But that's a whole segment of your business that you will not have to worry about on so you can focus on what's important. And it also just, you know, increases your comfort and ease that, you know, the IRS is, and my clients always yeah. say, like, the IRS is going to come knock on my door, arrest me. I'm like, they need to answer their phones first. Okay? <laughs> yeah. They are not going to do that. But, you know, I always joke, you know, I'm just here to keep the IRS off your doorstep. And a lot of my clients find comfort in that because they just know everything's handled. They yeah. can essentially my clients can do whatever they want to do with their money. And I just tell the story of it and and the correct way for them and mm -hmm. in a way that makes them feel good about how they're operating and how their planning is going and that their planning is actually getting them to their their goals right yeah yeah
So mic drop. Right. <laughs> I know. That's it. I don't that even know what to add. We're both like, yeah. <laughs> what she said. <laughs> that's well, it. Uh, and you guys can both relate because what I'm hearing from you is that you both have really good relationships with your accounting oh, yeah. professionals. Yeah. And, you know, that shows in what I see you ladies doing. That shows in your success. That shows in, in the business mentality you guys exude. So it's just mm-hmm. – you know, it's awesome to see. It's awesome to see you guys promoting that. Thanks. Thank you. I have to say, me and Juju make a team because I could. I feel like he's sitting at the desk over there, like, was <laughs> Julian came on and and was it you know in corporate America anymore? And and we came together to be working fully self-employed. And for this may help some people that are looking to maybe bring on their spouse or a partner. It's really great to divide and conquer and to know your strong points. And Mm -hmm. with that being said, though, it doesn't mean you should be a total head in the sand of not knowing anything. Exactly. Um, But, you know, for Julian, he's more on the numbers side where I'm more on the creative side. So us being a team together, we definitely divide and conquer now Yeah. um, a little bit more. So there's certain things I don't have to be present for. Um, but I also don't recommend that until you really have a level of trust that you can do that. And yeah. you mm-hmm. still should be aware of everything in every conversation yeah. um, that you aren't present for or in the numbers that are incoming and outgoing and all of that stuff. Yeah. But if that's something you are entertaining and bringing another partner on, then that's something to think about, too. Yeah. And you also need to make sure with that being said, um, as our last little add-on segment here (laughs) is when you're starting your business from the beginning if you are conversing about bringing somebody additional into your business and it's just not just you as like a sole proprietor or something like that um you guys have to have the same business goals yeah because one thing that could make it go sour before anything else is if you guys aren't on the same page and Mm -hmm. especially if you aren't on the same page financially 100 percent. so yeah yeah that's something that if anybody is entertaining that stuff you need to have the hard talks about money because money is going to be the biggest conversation that you have in your business with somebody else that's your you know, your partner. Oh yeah. Than anything else, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Definitely. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably not as accountant savvy as I used to be, (laughs) but you have a really good partner who is, and 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 you have the level of understanding that you need to have as the other partner to feel comfortable. For sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So I think we covered a lot today. I, I think we could probably even do a third episode, so maybe that'll <laughs> even get rolling. You know what? We'll come back. Yes. Well, we still have to do the one with, like, the Venmo and, like, taking payments yes. and stuff. Oh, that yeah. one's a fun one. Yes. <laughs> that yes. one's going to be a good one for sure. Yeah. But in the meantime, if anybody has any questions, because I feel like this is something that for people that are just starting out and there may be a few more questions, no question is a bad question when it comes to this stuff. There's not enough things to learn and know. And um, don't be fearful to ask anything. So as always, feel free to DM us at the Beauty Beast podcast. Or you can email us at thebeautybeastpodcast at gmail.com. And I will also leave Katie's information again in our show notes. Yeah, because I am um, an open book as well. I love to talk to people and um, you can DM me your questions or you can email them to me as well. And all my information will be... um, in the show notes. I'll put them in the show notes. And on my Instagram. Yes. Perfect. 
All right. So thanks for coming in again, Katie. Thanks for having me. This was love fun. Love hanging out with you guys. Yes, we love it too, especially when there's not a hurricane day. Yes. <laughs> right? And it finally works. I with know. recording. We made it through, guys. Third time is a charm. Third time. All right. So until next time. Until next time.